The walls are closing in on Ron DeSantis. The Florida governor is in trouble now. You see, DeSantis might have thought he was well positioned in his political career. Successful term as governor of Florida, popular Republican with a national profile, a strong presidential candidate for 2024, especially as federal law enforcement officials raid and investigate the leading contender, Donald Trump. But all of that has disappeared in a flash as Governor DeSantis now faces a criminal probe himself. This one not coming from the FBI or the DOJ, but rather from a random sheriff in Texas. We are opening up a case uh, with an investigation with regard to the suspected uh, activities involving the 48 migrants from Venezuela. As we understand it, 48 migrants were uh, lured, I will use the word lured, uh, under false pretenses uh, into, into staying at a hotel for a couple of days. Uh, they were taken by airplane. At a certain point, they were shuttled to an airplane uh, where they were flown to Florida and then eventually flown to Martha's Vineyard. Again, under false pretenses is the, the information that we have, that they were promised work. They were promised the solution to several of their problems. They were taken to uh, Martha's Vineyard from what, from what we can gather uh, for nothing, for little more than a photo op, video op, and then they were unceremoniously stranded in Martha's Vineyard. Now, you might say that this random Texas sheriff is a total goofball who has no right or jurisdiction whatsoever to investigate pretty much anyone and certainly not the governor of Florida. True. That's all true. But- Democrat activists are celebrating the announcement. Aaron Parnas, a Democrat strategist with hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, boasted, quote, it's official. The Republican Party's top two 2024 presidential candidates, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, are now under criminal investigation. And while technically true, this raises an obvious question. Isn't it sort of funny how that works? Isn't it a little bit weird how all the most effective Republican politicians in the country always seem to be under investigation now, even when there's no basis for it, even when they've never been under investigation before until the very moment that they seem to pose a threat to Democrats, almost as if Democrats are wielding law enforcement agencies under their control to crush their political enemies? I'm beginning to think this is the new test of whether or not a Republican is the real deal. As our country descends further and further into corruption, into the banana republic tactics of the ruling party attempting to jail anyone who seriously challenges them, I'm beginning to think this is the new measure of a Republican. As the 2024 election approaches, I think I'm going to have to add this to my test for candidates. There are now three criteria that I'm going to consider as I assess the various candidates. One, are they right on the issues? Two, do they have a record of effectively implementing a conservative agenda? And three, are the Democrats trying to throw them in jail? As far as I am concerned, the more that the Democrats want to throw a Republican politician in prison, the better that Republican politician looks. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Nikolai Sergiev, who says, as cinnamon is a key ingredient in the PSL, 
and has been known to increase testosterone. Michael isn't joking about its manliness. He must be the most virile, mucho macho Chad to grace the Daily Wire studios to date. This is true, and many people are talking about it. And look, frankly, everybody's talking about it. And I'm, I'm glad that you're able to share that insight with everybody else. You know, it's probably because your brain is functioning very, very well, which probably means you're getting a good night's sleep. When you want to get a great night's sleep, you got to check out Helix. Right now, head on over to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. I have had my Helix mattress for a while now, for years, and I absolutely adore it. Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-sized sleepers. They also have a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? It's crazy. Take that Helix sleep quiz, get matched with the perfect mattress for you. Then the delivery is super duper easy. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They have over 12,000 five-star reviews for a limited time. Helix is offering up to $350 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. This is their best offer yet. So hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. That's helixsleep.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. The top two Republican candidates for president are under investigation. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. I think you're just reversing the order of events here. (laughs) Why do you think that they are under investigation? Do you think think that Donald Trump is under investigation because he had classified documents just like every other president ever? Trump is under investigation because he questioned the results of the election, just like the major Democrat candidates for president and governor and everywhere else for the last 20 years. He's under invest, Donald Trump is under investigation because he is the chief political rival to Joe Biden. That's it. That's the beginning and the end of it. Do you think Ron DeSantis is under investigation by this joke, jokester sheriff in Texas because he flew migrants around the country? Joe Biden's been doing that at a much larger scale than Ron DeSantis is. Furthermore, Illegal immigration is illegal. Ron DeSantis would be well within his rights to activate the National Guard and deport the people themselves back to Mexico. No, he's under investigation by this jokester, and it's being lauded by the chattering class on the left around the country because he is a threat to Joe Biden, because he is a threat to the Democrats. He is. He's viewed as a major threat. It will probably be a moot point because if Donald Trump runs for president, there is a 99.99997% chance that he will win the Republican nomination. And so all the other candidates, no matter how good, no matter how effective, no matter how persuasive, don't really matter as much. Trump is up 40 points in the polls right now. The race is his if he wants it. But Ron DeSantis, you got to give that man credit. That guy is running a very good, not only state campaign for governor, but national campaign to put himself in a position to be president. He just released a campaign ad. This is on the heels of the Martha's Vineyard migrant airplane stunt that worked marvelously. Take a listen to this ad. When our middle son, Brandon, left to go to work, he was only 21 years old. And the last words I said to him is, I love you. And a twice deported illegal ran into him and hit him so hard that he caused Brandon's car to flip and he killed him. My child's killed by someone who should not have been here. This is what happens when we have open borders. 
We were able to go and meet with Governor DeSantis. He said, I want to hear your son's story. And to see the compassion in his eyes, and I saw the concern. He wanted to make sure other lives were protected. And as a governor, he truly has been upholding the oath that he took, which is to protect Floridians. He not only talks a good talk, but he walks it. He's been very strong on safety. He's been very strong on law and order. He has made our state one of the safest states to be in. There's no greater leader than Governor DeSantis because he didn't just listen. He put action behind it. Phenomenal ad. I'll get to the substance of the ad in a second. But what this proves about DeSantis as a politician is that the man is not just a tactician, but a strategist. He's, DeSantis is obviously very good at tactics. DeSantis seems to get into the news cycle every single day. Somehow the governor of Florida injects himself into the national news cycle on every single issue pretty much every single day. And, and he's good and he's kind of trolly. And you remember when the Let's Go Brandon meme started up? Ron DeSantis held a press conference in Brandon, Florida at a car dealership or something. Obviously just to be able to say we're here in Brandon, Florida. And then the people giggle about it. So he's very good at tactics. This ad obviously was not made overnight. This is a very well thought out, highly produced, well edited, intentional ad. And it's an ad to serve as the knockout to the Martha's Vineyard stunt. The Martha's Vineyard stunt is the jab. It's 50 little jabs. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we're going to send these illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, you libs who said you wanted these these illegal aliens, you're going to deport them within 48 hours. You're going to send them to a military base because you're completely full of it. And you don't actually care about the immigrants. You just want them to go to red states. You don't actually think that diversity is our strength. You actually think it's going to weaken your communities. That's why you're shipping them out on a bus as quick as you possibly can. Boom, there's the hook. The hook is illegal immigration killed my son and it's hurting all sorts of Americans. And here's my story. Here's the real effects of it. Jab, 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 jab. Look at this. Tee hee hee. Look how funny it is. The libs are such hypocrites. Boom. This is the real effect of it on Americans. It means he was planning ahead. The strategy here was, no, it's not just going to be a little giggle, giggle. Look at what hypocrites they are. Because the fact is, on this issue, DeSantis and Trump and Cruz and Abbott and every other Republican who, who is a conservative Republican is right. Illegal immigration is seriously harming Americans. It's bringing drugs. It's bringing a ton of crime. Everybody who crosses that border illegally is doing so by going into debt with the cartels, okay? And the cartels are savage animals who are then bringing organized crime and prostitution and drugs and all sorts of madness into American communities. And to the point that that woman made in the video, any crime, any even accident that happens at the hands of an illegal immigrant in America is on the hands of Democrats who encourage the illegal immigration. That man who killed that woman's son should never have been in this country. Had Democrats not broken the law and encouraged other people to break the law, that woman's son would be alive today. That's the real effect of it. To say nothing about the people whose, whose kids overdosed on fentanyl because the Democrats broke the law and encouraged other people to come across the border illegally. The people who were killed by the gangs and all the rest of it. The Republicans are right on this issue. And so you get a little bit of that, the humor, the trollishness. You're making the Martha's Vineyard liberals look like jerks. But then you're punching them. You're saying, no, no, but this is serious though, guys. Okay, it's thinking a couple of steps ahead. 
It's still Donald Trump's race, there's no question about it, but Ron DeSantis is slowly and confidently making the case every single day that if Trump doesn't get it, you guys should vote for me. And you're going to see other candidates doing this as well. Mike Pompeo just announced that he's running for president. You're seeing other campaigns go into place to say, look, we know that Trump is the guy right now, but if Trump, for whatever reason, doesn't become the nominee, doesn't run, whatever, we are ready to run. There's a shadow campaign happening behind Trump and behind Biden because it's looking less and less likely that Biden is going to run as well. If Joe Biden does not run for president, you've got a shadow campaign now of Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, I think, and Gavin Newsom, who are already running for president behind him. And no one wants to say it, because we've all got to pretend like Joe Biden can run again, because we've all got to pretend like Joe Biden knows what day it is and what his name is, but he obviously doesn't. And so you're seeing people get more and more aggressive. You're, you're actually seeing a kind of shadow primary play out outside of Biden and Trump. Gavin Newsom, who's probably the most aggressive and ambitious in, in running for president as a Democrat, he just challenged DeSantis to a debate. He says, hey, Governor DeSantis, Clearly, you're struggling, distracted, and busy playing politics with people's lives. Since you have only one overriding need, attention, let's take this up in debate. I'll bring my hair gel. You bring your hairspray. Name the time before election day. I don't get that reference other than both men have very nice hair, but I actually don't get really the joke that he's making. Maybe Gavin Newsom had just had a couple of drinks at the French Laundry and was kind of loosely tweeting. But regardless, one, there's no reason for DeSantis to accept the debate. I think DeSantis sort of laughed it off. Because, because Newsom is a failed governor, and Governor DeSantis is one of the most effective and popular governors in the country. But what you're seeing here is a kind of, a kind of test run. Hey, come on, debate me. Debate me, bro. Come on, I'm not worried about Joe Biden. I'm not, even Donald Trump. They're saying, I'm not really worried about Donald Trump. No one wants to come out and say it. But when it comes to Trump, they're, they're holding off of him because it looks like he does want to run. It looks like he will run and he probably will get the nomination. When it comes to Biden, it's increasingly looking like he will not run. Nobody wants him to run. And even if he did want to run, the party would probably tell him not to. We're in 2022, guys. We haven't even hit the midterms yet. Imagine how hot this is going to be after the midterms heading into 2023. Speaking of national debates, I've got to switch gears for a little bit here because I've got to defend my friend Matt Walsh. Matt has been getting in big trouble with the media matters and all of the libs who are calling Matt a racist. They call us all racists because Matt pointed out that mermaids are not black. Because Matt pointed out that mermaids are white. This is a scientific fact. He actually says that mermaids are translucent, uh, like all those sorts of creepy little fish at the bottom of the sea. Uh, and this has become a big national debate that then has gone, I, I think, into the realm of the absurd, where one prominent lib on social media said that the debate is, is stupid and, and Matt is obviously a racist because they're ignoring the fact that mermaids don't even exist. And I thought, what are you talking about mermaids don't exist? Are you, you're telling me it's 2022. In 2022, there are still people who are seriously arguing that mermaids do not exist, even after... Christopher Columbus saw several of them with his own eyes in 1493. Even after John Cook, famous sailor John Cook, saw a mermaid, also back in the 17th century. Are you kidding me? Doesn't make sense. There, there are many eyewitness accounts of mermaids. Now, I'm not saying that mermaids definitely exist. 
Okay, I'm just saying there are many eyewitness accounts of mermaids spanning at least several centuries and then going way, way back into folklore. I guess the point I want to make is, amid all of our modern hubris about what all those stupid, crazy old people thought, all these fantastic delusional things, I just want to point out that, for instance, there is much more scientific evidence that mermaids exist than that the COVID vaccines present infection and transmission. For sure. You've got all of the, the modern really fancy white lab coat wearing, stethoscope having modern scientists who said that the COVID vaccines will prevent infection and transmission of the virus. And all I'm pointing out is many more people have seen mermaids than have seen the COVID vaccine prevent infection and transmission of the virus. There are all sorts of modern scientific things that are much less plausible than mermaids. Uh, the idea that global warming is going to kill us all in 10 years, and that was a few years ago that people were predicting that. The idea that global cooling was going to kill us all within a couple of decades. The idea that the overpopulation was going to cause mass worldwide famines. Those predictions were made by major environmentalist groups in 1970. None of that happened. Actually, the world population doubled malnutrition, hit an all-time low. People became fatter than ever much more evidence of mermaids than of overpopulation. There's a kind, there's just a modern hubris that we have. We look in the past, we say, oh my gosh, those dumb old people in the, I don't know, the Renaissance or the Middle Ages or ancient times, they believe the craziest things. They're big, dumb idiots because they didn't even have iPhones like I do. I'm so smart. We believe way crazier things than they did. There are way crazier things to believe in than mermaids. Okay, I'll give you an example of one. This guy, Jack Turbin, who I've, I've seen him before. He's some lib blue check. He's got all sorts of weird like gay flags and things in his uh, Twitter bio. And, and he's got his, his degree, MD. It says Jack Turbin, MD, and he is a radical transgender activist. Uh, so this is what he tweets at. He says, four years at Harvard, five years at Yale, Three more years at Harvard, two years at Stanford, but Karen 0526789 has some thoughts about sex chromosomes. And what he's saying there at the end is, you idiot conservatives, you seem to think that men and women are different. You don't believe in transgenderism, but I went to Harvard, you see. And because I went to Harvard, I know that boys are secretly girls or whatever. <laughs> That's his argument. Reminds me of Socrates. Socrates Famously, when arguing with an idiot, he says, look, neither me nor this idiot know anything about what is really good and beautiful. But I have a little bit of an advantage over this guy because this guy doesn't know anything and he thinks he knows something. And I don't know anything and I know that I don't know anything. And it, it is amazing, but I have never seen somebody with their academic degree listed in their Twitter name, you know, Jack Turbin, MD, or so-and-so, PhD. I've never seen someone who lists an academic degree in their name who seems intelligent or wise. Find me the counterexample. I don't mean it just to call my opponents idiots. or It's really not. I'm just saying, if you compare the kinds of people who list their academic degrees and who boast about things like, oh, I went to Harvard for this many years and I went to Stanford and that's why I'm so much smarter than everybody else. Every time I see people like that, they seem way dumber and they believe way crazier stuff than the people who have any humility whatsoever. But of course, this is the case. This is always the case. 
This is not some new phenomenon. The people who think of themselves as super duper smart usually look like fools and are given to pride and hubris and end up believing insane things. And the people who recognize that actually we don't really know very much of anything at all, they tend to be much wiser. And this is one of the, one of the delights of our fallen world, one of the consolations of it, is the people who consider themselves really, really smart and wise pretty much always look like big dumb idiots, okay? This guy, Jack Turbin, believes that boys are secretly girls and girls are secretly boys and advocates giving them all sorts of drugs and cross-sex hormones and, and bodily genital mutilations so that little boys look more like little girls and vice versa. And it's ghastly and it's horrible. But if you can just not think about the suffering and pain caused by this for a second, you just think of it in a more abstracted way, it's absolutely freaking hilarious that this dude has spent how long? He's spent how many years in the Ivy League? Five at Harvard, four at Harvard, five at Yale, three more at Harvard, something like that. It's kind of hard to see here. Four years at Harvard. Yeah, there we go. Nine, 12. Oh, then another two at Harvard. So, and then, and then you've got Stanford on top of that. So this guy's been in throughout the Ivy League and all the top schools forever, and he thinks that boys can secretly be girls. It's amazing. You, you out there listening, very likely did not spend all these many years, a dozen years in the Ivy League, and yet you know that boys are not girls. You are much smarter than this man. You have much more wisdom. So it's a real lesson. A little humility goes a long way. Speaking of LGBT, one of the most hilarious episodes that I've ever seen come out of sports just came out of UMass. So UMass, the football team, is supposed to play Liberty University. And to own the the libs, to own the liberties, really to own the Christian conservatives, UMass has declared that their football team is super duper gay. It says, please stand by for a special announcement Got this nice hype music going on. Pride Day over the football player dancing around in a rainbow looking club. Massachusetts versus Liberty, October 8th, 3.30. Yeah, and he's pointing. He's like, this is Pride Day, baby. Now, I, I thought Pride Day was, it wasn't Pride, well, Pride was originally a day, then it was a week, now, then it was a month, but that was back in June, but now it's September, and we're hearing that Pride Day is going to be in October. It's just pride all the time because LGBT is, is the kind of public religion and public liturgy of, of the libs, and so they're forcing that on everybody else. But the UMass football team is now, they're so triggered by anyone who's Christian or conservative, like Liberty U, that in order to own the Christian conservatives, they're saying, yeah, yeah, you're going to, well, guess what? We're super gay. Yeah, we're not, we're not even just gay. We're trans. That's right. Yeah, look at us. Oh, I bet you guys are so triggered. We're, yeah, us, the UMass football team, we're actually little girls. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Aren't you totally owned? No, not, not really at all. Not really at all. You are in a, in a vain attempt to own liberty and the Christian conservatives. You are making yourself look at the very least, frivolous and foolish. The time is upon us, you know, for another Backstage, which is happening tonight, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. And it's about time, because there is more news than ever to discuss. If you've never seen Backstage before, this is where we all get together. I get to see my Daily Wire buddies, Ben, Matt, Drew, the God King Jeremy Boring, for a roundtable discussion 
on the most burning topics of the day. Jokes will be cracked. Cigars will be smoked. Libations will be imbibed. Plus, we will be reuniting with our good friend Candace Owens, who is back with exciting news and ready to tick off libs more than ever. You definitely do not want to miss this one. Tune in to join us for Backstage tonight, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern at dailywireplus.com. I'm all for trolling and owning the libs and everything, but you've got to do it with a purpose. Okay, this, you, you saw it with DeSantis dropping that immigration ad. So he's trolling, he's sending the plane loads of immigrants, he's getting the libs to look like hypocrites. And then he, but he, then he follows it up and he drops it. He says, this is why it matters. This is the importance of immigration. You got to troll with a purpose. There was one time, I remember there was a conservative who was trying to, to own the libs on some college campus. This was about four or five years ago. And he was making fun of safe spaces and the guy dressed up in a diaper and put a pacifier or something in his mouth and danced around and, and pretended to be a little baby in a safe space. He was trying to mock the libs, but he was actually just kind of making a fool out of himself. You don't want to take it that far. I remember there was one time in college, there was, a, there was a song we used to sing in a group that I was in in college, and it was about our rival. Harvard was our rival, speaking of that guy, Jack Turbin. And the, the, the song was sung in the final stanza, in the voice of Harvard. And the, the stanza went, 10,000 men of Harvard, we like our college much. The girls, they aren't so pretty, but we sure like to touch ourselves in the morning when we first rise for class. And when we're fully risen, and I'll let you complete the stanza yourself and use your imagination. And so we're kind of making fun of Harvard, right? In this kind of childish way. But it occurred to me one time while we were singing it, I said, wait a second, we're because of how it's phrased, because we're putting it in our own voice, it sounds like we are just saying that, that we do this thing that is considered sort of disreputable. Are we, in an attempt to own our rivals, we're kind of owning ourselves. I think that's what's going on here with UMass and Liberty. They're just, they're so, the libs are just so triggered at this moment that they're really, really, they're, they're making very, very foolish missteps. They're making themselves look very foolish. And you, you can tell it's not playing very well with the public. That's why they're getting absolutely creamed right now, looking ahead into the midterms. Speaking of education, really great news. I, I, I don't think this just happened, but the news I think is just starting to spread. Kanye West has started a school. Kanye West has started something called the Donda Academy, named after his mother, Donda West, who was a professor and the school is located in, in Simi Valley, California, and it's got a very Christian ethos to it. it. The students there participate in full school worship, as well as core classes in language arts, math, and science. And then they've got the regular stuff, lunch, recess, enrichment courses, some film, some art, some choir, all sorts of things. Now, people are making fun of Kanye for this because Kanye just went on a podcast and, and admitted something, which is kind of ironic for a guy who started a school, he admitted that he's never read a book. Also, when you said I hadn't read this book, I actually haven't read any book. Reading is like eating Brussels sprouts for me. And talking is like getting the Giorgio Baldi corn ravioli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a good conversation mm-hmm. is... Mike, Mike Howe that invented the ripsaw with his uh, brother uh, Jeff Howe um, was saying that when his mom texts him like long paragraphs, he reads the first sentence and the last sentence. This person and his brother 
invented the fastest track vehicle. They put it in GI Joe. They have government contracts. This guy is a full-on engineer, works with all geniuses, and for practical, not opinionated, you know, practical technologies. And he only reads the first sentence and the last. And what do you think my response was? Same. (laughs) What do you think my response was? Same. I'm going to confess it, guys. I've never read a book. And people are making fun of Kanye. I find that so refreshing because I bet, I bet many, if not most of the people making fun of Kanye for not reading a book probably haven't read very many books themselves. And they probably don't read regularly and they probably don't read particularly probing, important works. They just flatter themselves that they're really, really smart and educated. I'm so much smarter and educated than Kanye West. Maybe, but probably not. And and I know that you're not wiser than Kanye West in this regard. Neither of you probably know very much of anything. And you think that you know a whole lot. And Kanye has the humility to say, yeah, I'll be real, guys. I don't really read books. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I just don't really. I'm going to totally admit it. He's, He's willing to look foolish for the sake of honesty. Which, which actually is a sign of wisdom. It is a sign of wisdom to be able to say, yeah, I don't really know very much about that. Who knows? And here's what I'll tell you. When I look at how Kanye's school is set up, what they're teaching there, looks like a way more serious educational institution than pretty much any public school in the country. And then most private schools too. Here's what they say. Using an ethic of integrity and care, Donda Academy prepares students to become the next generation of leaders thinkers and innovators by providing them with a world-class education that includes the rigorous core curriculum. How many schools are missing that, that basic core curriculum these days where you read great works and you study the classic subjects? Very few schools to still do that. And an emphasis on sustainability, creativity, critical thinking, and problem solving. Sounds great. I love it. I would, I would be much more inclined to send my kids to Kanye West University than I would to to virtually any other institution in the country. I love books. I love reading books. I actually do read a lot of books. I host a show about books, and I encourage everyone else to read books too. But even more than that, I encourage people to be very honest with themselves and recognize the paucity of all of our education, okay, and to recognize the limits to our knowledge and to have some curiosity and, above all, some humility. Socrates one of the smartest fellas ever to walk the earth. And here's the direct quote. I have it copied down here. Although I do not suppose that either of us knows anything really beautiful and good, I am better off than he is. For he knows nothing and thinks he knows. I neither know nor think I know. Speaking of schools, I I meant to announce this on the show a while ago. I'm glad I can announce it now. I will be speaking at Wisconsin Lutheran College uh, this Thursday. Very excited to be there if you happen to be in the Milwaukee area come on by. You can check out the information on yaf.org. It's going to be a ton of fun. Some people have pointed out that it's kind of funny that I'm kicking off my school tour this year at Wisconsin Lutheran University, or at Wisconsin Lutheran College, rather, because I happen to be a mackerel-snapping papist. And I say it has to be that way because now I get disinvited from the Catholic schools. Last semester, I was invited by students at the University of St. Thomas. St. Thomas is my confirmation saint, okay? Uh, This is obviously a very Catholic university, or at least it's supposed to be. And the students were not permitted to to follow through with their invitation. The The school administration shut down my invite, specifically because I espouse Catholic views on transgenderism. Because I say that men and women are different, and men can't become women, and women can't become men. 
pretty much reading straight out of the catechism of the Catholic Church, the Catholic school says I'm not allowed to come. But the Lutheran school will welcome me, okay? So this is, hey, Catholics, get your act together, okay? Especially nominally Catholic universities that are really only pretending to be Catholic. Their, their true religion is leftism. And whenever their, their purported faith in Catholicism comes into conflict with their true faith in leftism, they're going to give the edge to leftism. So I'm very excited to hang out with all the Lutherans up there in Wisconsin. Hope to see you there as well. Okay, and maybe we'll be talking about some of those, those issues that got me banned from the University of St. Thomas, namely like basic facts about uh, human sex. Speaking of sexual impropriety, there's a clip that's gone viral. I have intentionally tried not to follow the details of this too much because the whole story is just absolute tabloid trash, and I don't want to sully my mind or soul following too closely what's going on. But the, the broad strokes of it are that some TikTok chick had an affair with a rock star, with a singer from Maroon 5, who's married and has kids. And now she's making TikToks to get more attention, talking about how she had this affair. I was having an affair with a man who's married to a Victoria's Secret model. At the time, you know, I was young, I was naive, and I mean, quite frankly, I feel exploited. I wasn't in the scene like I am now, um, so I was definitely very easily manipulated. Maroon 5 is practically elevator music at this point, so I'm sure you know who Adam Levine is. Um, but Adam and I were seeing each other for about a year. After I stopped talking to him over you know, a period of months, this is uh, how he came back into my life. He said, okay, serious question. I'm having another baby, and if it's a boy, I really uh, wanna name it Sumner. You okay with that? Dead serious. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm in hell. Like, I have to be in hell at this point. <laughs> I mean, my morals were unknowingly compromised. I was completely manipulated. She was totally manipulated. She's such a victim. She uh, knowingly and willingly had a year-long affair with a married man, a married man with multiple children. But she's just such a victim, you know? Don't you think she's such a victim? I don't, actually. I actually think she should just sort of shut up and be quiet about it and apologize to the man's wife and, and stop pretending that this is all about her. The only victims here are this man's wife and children. Those are the victims, okay? And the man and the woman did something very bad, and I'm not just here to shame them and, and moralize and wag my finger, okay? Drew Clavin has a great point. He says that every man is two drinks and a wink away from ruining his life, okay? I, I have a great terror of, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very glad that I haven't done this. I hope I never do this. I have a great terror of, I mean, this is probably the thing I fear the most. Could you imagine betraying the people who you love the most, who are so close to you? It's awful. There before the grace of God goes all of us. But if they do this terrible thing, apologize and, and try to atone and keep it to yourself. But we can't do that in our culture anymore, anymore because the only thing that we can do in our culture is, is claim to be the victim. Everything has to be about us. Everything has to be about seeking attention. And somehow everything is everyone else's fault except for our own. This is just the flip side of that same pride 
that pride that says, I know everything and I'm such a genius. And you know, I went, I got three degrees at Harvard and that's why little boys are actually little girls and we should chop off their genitals because I'm so smart. And these people look like idiots. The flip side of that is never feeling any sense of shame or guilt. If you do, because you can't do anything wrong because you're so smart and great, right? You, you have to be the victim. Even at the time, you didn't think of yourself as the victim. Even as you're explaining it, it's so implausible that you would be the victim, but you have to be the victim because you're so, you're perfect right? This girl, in her mind, she's just absolutely perfect. She can't do anything wrong. That's the flip side of it, too. It's just that, I mean, it makes sense. Sometimes we talk about slavery as America's original sin. I don't think that's America's original sin. Original sin is America's original sin. And pride, which causes the fall, the queen of all vices, that is just absolute poison. You see it in virtually every aspect of social corruption. Now, what one wants to do, if one wants to avoid these sorts of terrible things and destroying one's life and family, uh, would be to stay focused. And some people can't really stay focused. Speaking of focus, Joe Biden insists that he is mentally very, very focused. Some people think that he's in decline and senility and, and you know, gets lost when a butterfly flies in front of his face. But no, he says he is very, very focused. Just listen to him. How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look, I have trouble even mentioning, even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. I mean, it's just not, uh, uh, I haven't observed anything in terms of, there's not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. That's the polished, edited version. That's the best version that 60 Minutes could present of Joe Biden. People say, people say I'm, people say I'm, and you can even see, it's, it's kind of sad. You can see it in how vacant Joe Biden's eyes are. He's kind of got that, that look to him that people who are in senility have. And he says, I, people say I'm, and I'm not, and I'm, fo- and I'm focused. I could fly, you know, and there are things that I, and I don't do things that I did, that I do things, I never, I don't, there's nothing I didn't do that I do. You know, you know the thing. Really, really sad. Obviously, obviously not all with it. This is why the Democrats are all circling the wagons to try to give themselves positions. I was talking to Ted Cruz about this uh, last night. He said, you know, he sees this pretty, pretty up close and personal in D.C., he said, you could tell for six months now, Buttigieg and Kamala both want to replace Biden when he obviously can't run for president in 2024. And they're already starting to stab each other in the back and go on TV as much as possible. They're already trying to do it. And when you look at the dysfunction of our system, it's, it's uh, tempting right now to look around the world and say, is there any better sort of system? And it, this is an especially good time for that because of the death of Queen Elizabeth. There's a ton of focus on the British form of government, specifically on the monarchical aspect of the British form of government and all these rituals. And there, there are some people in America, and in Great Britain, but especially in America, who are making fun of all the rituals. You think, this is why on earth is some random family just given all this money and all this prestige and they're looked up to and all this pomp and circumstance and the guys wearing the funny tall hats, standing guard around. It's just like totally crazy. We would never do that kind of crazy thing in America. You saw there were these beautiful ceremonies before Queen Elizabeth was laid to rest yesterday. There were these wonderful vigils where her son, the king, 
and his siblings would stand vigil around the casket. Not like someone was going to come vandalize it anyway, and not like Prince Charles, now King Charles, was going to do anything about it in particular. But they just stand there, and there's a ritual, and this ritual has gone on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And Americans look at that, especially the liberal kind of Americans, they say, who needs all that stupid ritual? What they don't realize is that we have it too. I was thinking back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, lying in state. Ruth Bader Ginsburg lies in state in, where was it? Was it in the U.S. Capitol? I don't know, it was some you know, big fancy government building in D.C. And she's there and the, the coffin is draped in the American flag and there are people standing vigil and standing guard. And then at one point, as people are coming to pay their respects to the coffin, Ginsburg's personal trainer walks up and starts doing push-ups in front of the coffin as a kind of final act of loyalty and respect to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And this happened for days and days and days. We're doing the exact same thing that the British do with their monarchy. The only difference is that we're doing it in a less dignified way for people who are much less deserving of it. The, The queen gave her entire life to service of the crown and suppressed her own desires and interests all along the way and suffered all sorts of indignities. And yes, she had a palace, and yes, she had servants, and yes, she had a bunch of money, but money actually doesn't buy happiness. She didn't have the freedom of choice to do pretty much anything she wanted. Her whole life was about duty, and she did it in a very dignified way because she recognized that there are obligations in society and traditions that must be maintained. And she, she remained that symbol of unity for Great Britain in a period of massive social upheaval when lots of other societies did not fare nearly as well as Britain did. And she did it, and now people are paying formal respect to her as they lay her to rest. We do all that same stuff here in America. We just pretend that we don't, and it's all kind of weird and kooky, and it's for people who are not deserving of one one-thousandth the sort of respect that Queen Elizabeth was. Because you can't escape this stuff. Much as we want to pretend that we're sort of radical, modernist, rationalist, Republican people who are all done with the crazy myths and pomp and circumstance of, of the old monarchies, we're not, because man is an incarnate being and an essentially religious being, and we're liturgical and we're ritualistic, and we need all of these sorts of things. And we must have in society things that are held sacred, and we must have shared religious and moral beliefs, and we much, must have shared standards. And when we get rid of the old ones, the good ideas of virtue and duty and Christianity, when we get rid of all of that, it's not like we just are left with nothing and it's an, it's an empty vacuum. What, we, what comes in is a bunch of insane new ideas to fill that space, like transgenderism and a kind of cult of personal autonomy and abortion-happy robed lawyers that are treated in the same way as a British monarch. It's absolutely, it's undeniable. And so the question is not, how do we get rid of all these crazy old rituals? The question is, what should the rituals be? What do, what do we revere? What do we venerate? What do we hold sacred? And, and if we are going to have people who are revered in this country, should they be these tawdry, petty politicians, or should they have some dignity and some class? Speaking of petty politicians, there's a scandal brewing in New York, and because New York is fairly corrupt, no one's even really paying attention to it. But the chief of staff for the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, the chief of staff was caught using taxpayer dollars to take a cruise in France. And it was obviously a personal vacation, but this guy pretended that he was out there doing research. Doing research, you know, on the French Riviera. I, who knows what kind of research this uh, bureaucrat from New York City was conducting out there. But Mayor Adams was asked about this, 
He just brushes it off. The Times reported that your chief of staff spent time on a cruise ship in France for research purposes. Wanted to see what he was trying to figure out there and was that taxpayer funded. You see what I go through? <laughs> I answered the cruise ship question already. I'm not going back and forth on that. When there's something, when there's something to announce more about a cruise ship um, idea or any other idea, I'm going to announce it. I'm finished with that. Next question. I'm finished. You got to see what I have to deal with over here, man. I got to deal with occasionally a reporter asks me a real question. This is ridiculous, man. Come on, man. I got to deal with it. What? You tell him just because my chief of staff embezzled taxpayer dollars to go on a fancy vacation in France. Now I got to answer that question. No, man, I'm not going to answer that question. You crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Moving on. Don't you dare ask me that question again. And then the crazy part is they just move on because we are increasingly used to this kind of corruption. We laugh about it. I was laughing about it at the top of the show because we're so used to it now. Oh yeah, well, DeSantis is looking pretty hot for 2024. I guess they're going to put him under criminal investigation. You know, that's just what happens now. (laughs) You know, in our alleged sacred democracy, which is really just kind of a one-party oligarchy where the president of the United States says that if you even think about voting for the other party, you're a terrorist and an extremist and a threat to democracy and a Nazi and a fascist. Well, yeah, what happens is if you're ever going to pose any threat to the ruling regime, uh, then they're going to investigate you and try to throw you into prison. Ha ha ha. Okay, moving on. Do do do, moving on. It's kind of sad. It, it kind of kind of brings me down a notch as an American. Because Americans, we're really proud of our country. America's done lots of great things. It's founded on really some really wonderful ideas. And I think all Americans now, and the polls reflect this, feel that we're in a period of national decline and a kind of national malaise, and we've lost something, something of which we used to be really, really proud. And we've turned what was, I think, a healthy love of our country and a love of virtue and the good into just a kind of shallow pride for being Americans, that we're so much better than everybody else. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the way that our government is conducted right now, I I don't know that we have a a big soapbox and and, uh, a a, a lot of credibility to, to lecture and scold the world. Because we're, we are certainly not living up to the best of what our nation could be. Well, we've got to look to ourselves. As long as we're just here out bragging, we're just so wonderful. We've got 10 degrees from Harvard and Stanford. And we're, we're going to make ourselves dumb, okay? We're, are, we're already giving away so much social cohesion, all, our political traditions, our highest ideals, our understanding of basic facts about the difference between boys and girls, we, we've given that up because of our stupid pride. Maybe a little humility will, will help us get to a, more of a national renewal. The rest of the show is continuing now. We've got David Cohn coming on. That's right. That's right. One of the three heads of Crane and Company because he and I are going head to head in fantasy football. And you know me, I'm a football mogul. I'm a sports maven, my friends. We've got a, we've got a very serious a discussion to be had about this this Liberty University UMass <laughs> gay football team from someone who actually knows about football. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us. We'll see you over on the member block.